What's up, everybody? This is Majet from Diva Girl Tribe, and you're listening to the Diva Girl Radio Podcast, the show that connects, supports, educates, and empowers people who want fun, unique, and diverse experiences in their lives and businesses. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I'm so happy you joined me today because um, you could have been somewhere else doing something else, but you decided to tune in. So thank you so much because today I have a very special guest. I'm super duper excited to talk to her and for us to learn more about her. Today, I have Brandon Campbell. Hey, Brandon. Hello. How are you, my dear? I am doing do, I'm doing very well. I'm very excited to talk to you um, and learn more about you. So tell me and tell our audience today or our listeners who you are and where they can connect with you online. Sure. So I'm Brandon Campbell, as you said. You can find me online at my website, which is brandoncampbell.com. I should say that my name is a little unique. It is spelled B-R-A-N-D-Y-N. So remember that as you're typing in the, the website, you can find out a lot about me there. And I'm on Instagram a lot. And you can find me at Brandon Campbell Combs, C-O-M-M-S on the gram. And to tell you who I am, I am a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant, an anti-racist educator, a speaker. And all of that means that I do work with people and with organizations to help them honestly be kind to others and navigate what, how to effectively navigate difference. Because it's really when people are different that a lot of folks have some trouble, whether or not they realize it. And, you know, those differences are magic. And so I really try to help people shift their focus and give them some skills, uh, sometimes much more than that, sometimes strategy and through tough conversations. But the end, the um, point of the work is let's be, let's be better to everyone and let's figure out how to work the best we can with everyone and, and get the best from everyone. Wow, you are doing amazing work. Um, and we could use more kindness in the world that we're living in right now. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and uh, we do need strategies and, and skills to navigate this, you know, the, the world that we live in now. And I love the message that you're putting out there. It's all about... Uh, um, being better to everyone and being able to work with everyone. And despite our differences, we can still be all kind to each other and, you know, and, and learn from each other and, and be together. Right. Absolutely. And there are moments when I, you know, there is a lot of conversation in this work that is uncomfortable to folks. It is talking about, racism and sexism and homophobia and transphobia. But at the heart of it, sometimes I sit and think, is my job really <laughs> sitting and telling people how to be nice to other people? And that really is the bottom line as that can sound so overly simplistic, but that's really it. 
And just as you said, we, we really need to get back to basics. We've gotten so divisive in everything. It, it just seems like if you look on you know, Twitter, which isn't, well, it actually is a good example. Um, we just can't even agree about the sky being blue, it seems. And just coming back to how can we be civil to one another? It's okay if we have different experiences and different opinions. How can we navigate those? And at the same time, I do want to say there's been a lot of mixing up between I don't know how to word this, but people having, I'll just say hateful feelings and saying, well, that's my opinion. And that's the one area where I'll say, no, no, that is not what I'm going to respect. That is not your opinion. Anything that denies the humanity of another human denies the fact that every single person deserves peace and safety and to have their identity affirmed. No, that's not acceptable. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because I've seen that a lot. The Well, that is my opinion. Yes, everyone, and that's true. Everyone can have an opinion, but a lot of opinions are wrong. And, yes. you know, and, and before, right, or, or maybe until now, people would say like, well, I'm entitled for my opinion. Like, and, and it's like, it's an, ex it's an excuse. Like it, it starts to yeah. sound like an excuse that you're going to have to accept my opinion. But then, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and, and you know, and, and this navigating around that and letting people know that some, like a lot of times, our opinions is wrong and we have to open our minds to humanity. Because sometimes our opinion, our opinions do deny humanity, right? Absolutely. If you say, if you just said it so well, it's it's that deflection. And when people say, well, that's my opinion, then that means you're blocking off any kind of engagement and any right. opportunity to kind of probe that or to move further. Yeah. And that's that's really where I get frustrated, but also thrive because I'm, I'm like, no, no, I'm going to dig in yes. there. I'm going to dig in because that's not OK. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it just it's it's so frustrating. And I have in addition to my professional work, I've done a lot in my community with the assault on so many school districts and school boards. And I see so much of that. Uh, there's currently folks who are very upset about a pride flag hanging in a high school teacher's classroom in um, my district. And, you know, this is, well, it's just my opinion, but this lifestyle is evil. Like, no, that's not okay. We're not going to go with that as a, we'll just accept that. Um, and we, we really just have to get back to finding some way to just be, be civil and realize that that in and of itself is a goal we all have to work towards. Yeah. Um, I, I loved how you put that too. It's like when we, when we close our minds and say, well, th that is my opinion, um, we're not opening ourselves up to, to more knowledge, right? Uh, um, so your work is not an easy job, girl, <laughs> jeez. I it, mean, it's not. <laughs> most of us have, 
trouble navigating our own families and having conversations that are tough around race and politics and sexuality and all those stuff, right? And it's like, and for you to do this and go into organizations and schools and, you know, and companies, I'm like, whoa, like this is a hard job. Yes, it is very hard finding, you know, as a, a business person, but just as a, a person um, as well, finding the appropriate amount of space is an ongoing challenge, though it's really important. Uh, I just realized throughout my life, and I'm, I'm a Libra in case that makes a difference, kind of the scales of justice. I just am not okay when people say, oh, well, you just have to get past it. Life is not, um, you know, life is not fair and all those things. I just have never been able <laughs> to get past it. And I think, sure, there are some things that are unfair, but that doesn't mean that I'm gonna accept that that's the way it has to be. So even I just have this feeling, this innate urge to always, if I hear things and if they're not right, to try to do something about it. And that's exhausting, but at the same time, I wouldn't wanna be any other way. It's what I will add. It is why a big part of why I have my own business, because as you can imagine, in workplaces, that's not necessarily going to make you the most popular where you're just like, uh, hey, that actually that you're doing right there. I know what you're doing and it's not fair. So or an another big thing I have problems with if you have a wonderful mission for your organization, but I see your actions aren't aligning with that, I, I just I have no chill. So I have always been the person to call that out. And that may not have a role everywhere, but it has served me very well in doing um, this consulting work. Yeah, definitely. And it's, again, you know, it can be really exhausting, but you said you, it, you thrive in that. And I'm curious, like, um, what inspires you to do what you do and continue doing this hard work, right? Great question. The inspiration, very honestly, it, are my kiddos. I have a five-year-old daughter and a nine-year-old son, and... They are wonderful. They're innocent. You know, kids, I've just always loved kids. So it's for my kids. It's for all kids. And I want them to have better. I want them to see that leading with love is always the answer. That's a lot of what inspires me. I had a wonderful experience last year speaking to my son's third grade class on career day, a little bit about what I do. And I wasn't sure how to do that, but I decided to talk about, divide up the words diversity, equity, inclusion, and have little conversations about each word. And I spoke to probably four classes total. And when I got to inclusion, I talked about the word include, and each class on their own had at least one person who raised their hand and would say, oh, is that like if there was someone on the playground and they're playing by themselves and inviting them over to play with us and seeing, you know, how beautiful we all are born and um, continue to be when folks say, oh, we have to protect kids from these kids from these conversations. 
honestly, we could learn so much from these kids. And I said to them, when you guys grow up, you're going to put me out of business and I'm going to be so happy about it. <laughs> You've already got it. But how silly is it? I have to talk to adults about this. Um, and it's stuff that they learn as a matter of practice and they live and they understand. So just thinking about that and seeing that is what keeps me, keeps me going. Yeah. Our children is our, you know, our children is the future. Um, Absolutely. They do inspire us. They do inspire grownups, business owners, women business owners, right? And I, I thank you for sharing that experience with the kids. And that is so true. Like they lead more with love and we can learn a lot from them. And, uh, and, and we don't need to wait for that conversation. The topic of diversity, inclusion, you know, equality, race, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it needs to start at an early age. Um, and I think yeah. that you're, you're, the school that your son goes to is lucky to have someone like you to, you know, to talk to them about this very important topic. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And I, I completely agree with everything you said. These are, we give kids too little credit. If they're yes. noticing something, yes. go with it. Like they're, they're noticing <laughs> um, and they're noticing also that your silence. So just engage oh, those, yes. mm-hmm, engage so- those little minds You're by not talking about race or trying to hush them up. If they notice something obvious, like, Hey, look at her skin. They notice, Ooh, there must be something bad about that. And then we carry that with us through adulthood. Let's not do that to them. Yeah, yeah, because it's like setting an example to them. If we don't say anything or if we judge or we shame, then it's something that, you know, they, they see and they hear and they take it with them and they they learn from that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, ah, children, ah, they're so <laughs> wise. They are wise. Yeah, we give them yeah, very little credit. Um, so it's mm-hmm. good that you're doing that at the schools. Um, and I hope you get to do that more. Yeah, I, I I love it. It really gives me life. So I am trying to do more stuff with schools. Yeah. And invite the parents too. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and stay tuned. I'm thinking of it's not it's in the infancy stages, but I'm I'm thinking of um doing something to work with um, you know, parents and guardians and things on on this topic. Cause I, I know there's so much fear and I see so many people who want to do something different. So I I have an idea percolating. So stay tuned. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot (laughs) wait. I know it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be education. It's going to be empowering and it's going to be helping a lot of people. So, so I am excited for that. So yeah, definitely keep me posted. Oh, I will. I will. (laughs) So here's a question for you though, um, with your work, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, 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 it can be difficult, but it, it, it can be inspiring and you thrive in, in it. But what do most people misunderstand about your work? That's a great question. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think that they misunderstand that it has to be hard. Ah, wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think, and like listeners, let that set in. I think they enter into it with kind of a defensive posture. Mm, yeah. And thinking that, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be hard. And 
I don't necessarily approach it that way. I said this in the beginning when I was introducing myself, but one of my favorite quotes is from Austin Channing Brown, who is a brilliant author. And she says, being anti-racist is being a better human to other humans. And Mm -hmm. I've started putting that really front and center. Mm -hmm. We're just talking about being a better person to other people. Mm -hmm. I believe most of us try to do that each day anyway, in our own ways. We reflect you know, whatever your practices are, either in the morning or the evening, like, okay, I think I really rocked this, wish I could do this a little bit better. And so if you center that instead of all of these terms that can be heavy, but center, you know what, I need to push past this discomfort because I want to be a better person to other people. That's what I think people misunderstand. They think they get caught up in all of the words and theories and forget that this is about caring about people. It really is that simple. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, It it is true. It's like, um, it's your, I'm digesting all this, right? (laughs) I'm taking my time. I'm like, oh, this is so beautiful. Like how it is explained, like, because it is the reality when you talk about diversity, inclusion, equality, it can, for most people, right, if not all, like defenses go up. And, mm-hmm. and, it beca- and, and then the topics, this specific topics become scary. Yes. Right? And your messaging is like, uh, and that's the misunderstanding about it, right? And, right. and your messaging is all about, hey, like, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of hope in it and a lot of care. And which is the total opposite of like our initial feelings about this topic of like being scared and being defensive. It's like, no, it's a message of hope, not hate. Yes. Hearing, right? And being a better person to other people. Yeah. And that just gave me chills. (laughs) Uh. And I'm writing down hope, not hate. Yes, it it is so... So there's, I, I think we tend to look at things really as a society, as a Western society, very clinically. And I really try to, from the beginning, dismantle that. I am someone, I, I lead with love. I'm very open-hearted. It is a blessing and a curse. And companies, you know, businesses in particular aren't places where talking about love and caring about people is very common, but we have to get to that. And I think with all of the, gosh, there have been so many tragedies and challenges that we've experienced because of the COVID pandemic. But I think one of the opportunities for organizations is businesses for the first time had to, managers had to say to people like, how are you doing? Like, let's put this work stuff to the side. Are you doing okay? And what a shame we weren't doing that before, but we we have to keep doing that and we have to do that more. So I really try to put all of my, my warmth and love into this. And when we get to, so I really introduce it that way and kind of great and motivational and we're on board. Okay, well, the next session is going to be, we're going to dig a little bit deeper, but but you have to have some awareness that there are going to be some feelings and wait, what are we centering here? Is it your feelings or being better to another person? 
And also some, so many of those feelings that we have are part of all of the, there's just so much unpacking in this. And I know that that's hard, but I, I even say, and I try to say it jokingly, we're, have all been taught that in polite company, you don't talk about race or gender or politics. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I joke that like, well, I'm the person you just meet me. And I'm like, what? all about those things. Yay. Uh, um, but I even challenge that talking about politics and what's political upholding that, who does that benefit? If let's take the current conversation about trans kids in schools and books in libraries at uh, center identities, other than white men, who does it serve to say, Oh, that's politics. We can't talk about it. We actually need to talk about it. So part of the process is actually challenging that initial notion of, oh, I can't talk about this and realizing, yeah, actually you have to, and you can. And that, that was a notion that kind of kept, kept the status quo going. And, th- and that's how all these systems remain in place by upholding the status quo. So to be better to other humans, to be better for these kids who've done nothing other than exist and try to be who they are and are being villainized, we have to talk about it. And Mm -hmm. if that's politics, okay. And and I would say, you know what, it's human rights. If this were an issue taking place in another country, we'd say, oh, that's so barbaric, that's awful. But if you say it's happening here, oh, we can't talk about that. No, we actually have to. So again, it's challenging that idea of, oh, this is going to be hard. Is it? Or is that just what we've been told really all of our lives? That is true. Um, we're, we, we were programmed to, you know, to not talk about the hard stuff, to not talk about politics, race. But these things exist, religion, mm-hmm. right? Um, sex, sex, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and yeah, these are important stuff that we need to talk about and, and, not push it under the rug because with us not talking about it, we're not doing anybody a favor, but only those who are, who exist in the system. You know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. that, that system that we all have to make ourselves small or follow, right? It, it just serves those people that the system serves, which is mostly white men, heterosexual, right? Like it's like, mm-hmm. but they're more than just, those people that exist in this world, in this country. And we need to talk about those people. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And yeah. yeah. And, and it's a lot, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's kind of looking at your life and things you didn't even realize were, were programmed. Right. And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I acknowledge that can be challenging, just relearning basic things, but right. if you're doing it, to be better for other people, then it's worth it. Totally. Let's normalize mm-hmm. it. Let's normalize totally. it. Right. Mm-hmm. People like you are the type of people who normalize things that were very tough before. Right. Yes. Like, 
it's it's not something that people talked about. It's and you know, and that was what was quote unquote normal, right? Like when we were growing up, when we were younger, in the days of our fathers and our mothers and our grandparents. And it's just like mental health, right? Mental health is like so yes. stigmatized. And yes. these topics that you're so passionate about were stigmatized, but now it's like, no, let's change it, right? Let's and you're shaking it up and you're like, no, let's normalize talking about this. Let's normalize putting this on the table. But we have to lead with love and curiosity. Yes curiosity and keep an open mind and and listen to each other and let's talk about it right totally and that that alignment with mental health is is so spot on that we have to it's got to come out from from the shadows and i love what you said about leading with curiosity that's another aspect that i really ask people to work on instead of judging someone's difference Ask some questions, be curious, be open-minded, don't make judgment. Um, We all are stories. So ask a little bit about the story. If there's a part, oh, well, what happened here? And, you know, that's so important. And if we want to, to be the change and to have a better world for our kids, we have to, before you can solve something, you have to name that thing. And one thing this year has been really interesting in a challenging way it's been it's you know we're now two years after the horrific murder of george floyd and what some people called the racial reckoning and so many people grew their awareness but are still two years later saying oh well what am i supposed to do and I have to confess, I've gotten very frustrated with that. Like, you, what have you been doing with all those books you're reading and still, like, just not doing anything? And honestly, having conversations, it can feel like, and I think people want, you know, what's this big revolutionary thing that I'm going to do? Destigmatizing these conversations and having these conversations is huge. Yeah. Anyone listening to this, if you're wondering what to do, start there. Start normalizing these conversations. That is huge. You're challenging your programming. You're challenging how other people may think about these conversations. And if you imagine that happening across the community, across a city, then things that were in the shadows are going to start to come forward and we'll be able to talk about them and think about solutions. So it is one of the frustrating things as a practitioner I have to deal with is change is going to be slow. We we all have to understand that it's a marathon and not a sprint, but that fundamental change is a huge one. So that right there is how people can really start to uh, change in their own lives this minute. Yeah. And, and, and if we want to do something, we need to be part of destigmatizing these conversations, these topics. Yes. Um, and when did you first become interested in, in this career path? I'm curious about that. <laughs> yeah, I love that question because I, I think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think very early on, mm. I, so I was an Air Force brat. I grew up traveling. I lived in England and Japan. Mm -hmm. And so 
very early on was traveling, being exposed to different cultures, seeing different systems and ways people interacted in them and within them. And then in college, I studied political science and international studies and international relations. So that interest was continuous. Did some work in higher education and international education specifically, working with university students and teachers who wanted to have overbroad ex- uh, study abroad experiences. I really think the moment when that intercultural interest kind of merged with DEI is when I had the wonderful fortune of working on a new program in South Africa. Mm, mm, Wow. Yes, it was just a highlight of my career and of my life. And if you're talking about South Africa, you can't not talk about race. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. And so it was thinking about, um, and this is this is with uh, Arcadia um, University, and most of their programs, many of the ones that they have and the ones I was working with at the time were in London. So obviously the way you talk about going to London is going to be so different than the way you talk about going to South Africa. So it was me having to, as a professional, kind of dismantle my approach, take everything apart and think about how are we going to present this this opportunity to students and really thinking through with the resident director who I had a wonderful relationship with, thinking through how do we even talk about it on the website and the marketing. Um, and that, that I think really ignited the passion of just getting race front and center, can't hide it, uh, certainly can't in the South African context. And I think that kind of made me just want to talk about it all the time here all as well. Time. Yeah. Wow. That is um, a very pivotal moment, right? Like in your career, like um, having to work in, you know, in a country where, you know, uh, it's not too long ago. No. They they really worked on the racism and and Uh apartheid, apartheid, um, you know. Apartheid. Mm -hmm. Apartheid, yeah. Um, So, and then, you know, London and then, um, and then here in the country, in the U.S. um, Yeah. So that's such a pivotal moment in your career. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, like, um, like you're passionate about it and uh, you're doing this work because it is very important. It is very, very, there's so much value in what you bring into this world. Um, so yeah, I just want to thank you. Thank for you. Oh, thank you so much. It's, yeah. it's, um, it is heavy, but it is beautiful at the same time. Yeah. So with that being said, right, like, I wonder how you take care of yourself. Like, Woo! what does your morning routine look like and how does it motivate you for the day and face this, you know, this, this, this topics, like what you said, like, you know, I can't shake it out of my mind. Like it, it is a stigma and, yeah. and, and the way to fight this is to talk about it. Yes. yes. So, so yes, tell yes, us yes. what you do to take care of you <laughs> and your morning routine. Yeah. So I love, so I think you can't be in this kind of work or your kind of work without talking about your own self-care. Yeah. So um, 
my practices are, I wanted to talk about this and I, I like talking about this because it's not, <laughs> my routine isn't as consistent as I would like, but at the same time that allows me to th really think about how I'm feeling and adjust mm -hmm. as needed. But overall, I'm a morning person. So exercise is what happens in the morning. Exercise is how I get through anxiety. So on beautiful days, I try to get out and go to the park, go for a walk, or I exercise um, at home just to get that, that out of the way. Uh, I do meditate. I'm, I did not meditate until um, the pandemic. And mm. gosh, I wish I had started earlier. It makes such a difference. I just use Insight Timer. You know, it's free. I love Insight Timer. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it is it is amazing the difference that just finding those moments of stillness make. So that's important. I also, as you know, I'm an extrovert. Networking is important to me. And I have a good network of other DEI practitioners. Mm -hmm. And we often will have some standing calls. And a lot of times we don't talk about work. It's checking in on each other. Yeah. How are you doing? What's, you know, there's sometimes things are triggering with a client and you don't know what to do with it. And being able to talk about that with other uh, people is really important. So giving, giving myself that space with people who I know understand the yeah. challenges. And I'll also say music. I love music yeah. so much. I um, am a big fan of impromptu dance parties with the kids. <laughs> oh, man, those are fun. Oh, they my God. are. Music I don't think. Music and moving? Yes. Oh, There's. So helpful, so grounding. Yes. yes. I have oh, not yes. encountered a problem that that can't solve. <laughs> 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 big fan of that. And I also love, um, you know, just enjoying the music to the fullest. So if I'm by myself, I'll sing at the top of my lungs. I am not the best singer. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. but but there's healing. Actually, there's healing in, in with us singing, right? It doesn't matter how we sound, but that vibration yes. of us singing. I love to sing too, but uh, but three things that I'm really bad at singing lyrics i'm so bad with lyrics i always say the wrong words but i don't care and, and cooking right so so sing away girl <laughs> i i am bad at those <laughs> um so yeah those are things and one this is one thing that my colleague tracy that i work with on a couple of pro projects showed me let me see if i have the props no i don't think i do but she, so she and I facilitate um, DEI conversations and many of them get heavy. And Tracy has, and I bought a bunch, but I don't know what I did with them. But she will stop. She has bubbles in her desk and will just blow bubbles. That's helpful. Oh, it's, man. That's it's awesome. amazing because I love bubbles. Like when I had kids, that was probably one of the biggest things I was excited about, bubbles at the park. I should have never stopped having bubbles. <laughs> um, like I don't under, I think adults should just keep blowing bubbles. And yes. then when Tracy did this, I, I didn't think about it, but that kind of, it forces you to take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. So you're getting the joy of the bubbles. Plus you're doing something healing. So it's like such a simple thing. And for the longest time I had bubbles in my desk. Actually, I think my children stole them. I think that's where they, were. <laughs> but that's oh a, um, God. 
a tip she gave me that I just love so much. So literally, if I'm getting upset, sometimes I will just stop and blow bubbles. Oh my God, thank you for sharing that. That's like a coping tool that we're yes. gonna put in my toolbox and, and share with my clients. Like the healing power of bubbles. Bubbles. Right? They are they are amazing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna add a layer to this that's gonna blow your mind. Also okay. not my creation. So my kids' school is wonderful and amazing, as I've mentioned. They have this event called Bubbles for Kindness, and they do that during Neurodiversity Awareness Month in April. And I'd never thought about this, but everyone comes out, they blow bubbles, there's music, it's all my favorite things, but the bubbles symbolize they're all different, and that's what makes them beautiful. (gasps) Right? Oh, oh, my job, mind blown. Wow. I know. As much as I love bubbles, I never thought about that. And it just adds a layer of just absolute beauty and magic. Yeah. All from just bubbles. Yeah. It's like that play, like that that different shapes and it's beautiful, right? And it's like, and then um, the 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 point where you breathe in and you breathe out, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's so grounding. Holy moly! I underestimated <laughs> bubbles. <laughs> I think we all have. We all have, and that is <laughs> that is something we must correct in our lives. Yes. Oh my God! So many great nuggets today, girl. Um, <laughs> so, what what advice would you give your young self? Ooh. Your younger self. My younger self, I would say the advice I would give is to listen to myself more. Mm. I really tried to talk myself out of some things that are now favorite parts of myself. Uh, For example, I'm, I'm a very emotional person and I thought, you know, you have to stop doing that. There is no way you are gonna be able to be an adult in this world feeling all these things so much and getting so emotional very easily. And that's just not true. That's, that's who I am. That's Mm -hmm. one of the best things about who I am. And I wish that I had, instead of fighting that and making myself feel bad about that, realize that that's a gift. Uh, That's who I am. And that's part of loving and accepting who I am. And really leaning into that is what, led me to the path I'm on now. So I think, you know, just giving myself more, more grace overall, which I think is an ongoing lesson and certainly something young women in particular struggle with. But that, that in particular is the advice I would give to my younger self. Yeah, that's a beautiful advice. And a lot of younger women need to hear that. Uh, um, Girls, right? Like you can be your, 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 Listen to your voice, listen to yourself, love yourself, accept yourself. Um, and, you know, and I realized as I got older, you know, my true authentic self is coming out more. Um, yes. And, and th- that authentic self was, were, was the self that we were told, you know, suppress that. Like emotion, like what you're saying, like, you know, like, I'm sure when you showed emotions when you were younger, you were told like, you know, like, no, like there's no, there's no room for that. Don't, you know, we've heard this words before. Don't be dramatic. You're too emotional. You're too sensitive. Like these are not bad things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I hear you say that. And we need to hear that more often. W- girls need to hear that more often that 
There's nothing yes. wrong with being sensitive. There's nothing wrong with being emotional. These are gifts, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, um, that's a, that's a really great advice. Um, so before I let you go, and this is, this has been so wonderful, um, gave me chills a lot of times <laughs> during this conversation, <laughs> um, a lot of great nuggets. Um, and I hope our listeners are really taking in this lessons and, and, you know, the, the wisdom that you're sharing with us today. Um, but before I let you go, I have some rapid fire questions Ooh. for you. Are you ready for it? <laughs> I think so. I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. All right. So these are questions that you answer in one word or one sentence. Okay. Okay. And it's got to be the, the like fast, like rapid fire. It's the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay? okay. Okay. All right. So here we go. They're easy. They're fun. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Here's your first one. Who is a famous person you would like to meet, dead or alive, and why? Michelle Obama, because yeah! she's a goddess. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And I will be your plus one. Okay? Okay, yes. We have a deal. <laughs> there you go. Um, where would you rather be right now? At a beach. Any beach. Okay, I'm coming with you too. Great <laughs> the show with us. That's right. That's right. We're on a first name basis, you know. So <laughs> you know, doesn't know I exist, but you know. I love it. <laughs> okay, and what's your superpower? My superpower is my ability to love. <sighs> you have a big heart. You do have a big heart. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's been a lot of pain, but I still come back to love. Yeah. And what's your kryptonite? Oh, gosh. <laughs> My kryptonite, probably French fries and donuts. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring no. that to the beach. <laughs> yeah. No philosophical answer there. Those are just things you gotta keep away from me. <laughs> I think that comes to your mind. So there you go. <laughs> That's raw, vulnerable, and honest. I love it. So. <laughs> if I, yeah, I always say when I worked in offices, if there were donuts, if I had one, I would end up having like five. So I just can't stop. Like I can't start. I mean. Yeah, you can't start because you can't stop. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> got it. Got it. So, um, well, this has been such a pleasure, Brandon. Oh, my goodness. Thank <laughs> you so much for, you know, sharing your time with us. Oh, my gosh. This was a joy. I thank you for inviting me. I feel really almost sad for the rest of my meetings today because it's not going to be oh. any. <laughs> this was wonderful. You are wonderful. Um, and so is the community that you um, have built. So thank you everyone for listening uh, and for giving us some time. And thank you again. This was just such a, the best way to spend my time today. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you for those kind words and <laughs> for your generosity, right? For sharing yourself today. Um, before, you know, I let our guests go, I give them this opportunity to invite our audience to anything that's coming up for you. Um, yeah. Do you have anything coming up or you want to invite them to anything? I actually 
don't. I have a talk coming up and I <laughs> can't remember. I don't, I think it's just for that group. So I don't have anything currently, but please follow me on Instagram. Again, it's Brandon Campbell comms. And I always put there the things that are coming up. And I do think I'll be launching a couple new things in the near future. So stay tuned. Yeah, definitely follow her Instagram. You get a lot of nuggets there and strategies and techniques um, and inspiration as well. Um, any last words that you want to part with? Last words are just those words from Austin Channing Brown. Um, it's about being a better human to other humans. Diversity is a strength to be embraced. It's so boring knowing everyone who's just like you. So I agree. Um, yeah. So just it's an opportunity when folks are different to to learn to learn more about yourself and explore and grow. Uh, so really embrace it. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you at our upcoming events. Go to divagirltribe.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Diva Girl Tribe. Become a member and join our Diva Girl 411 Facebook group.